Welcome back to another episode of Goddess Talks with me, your favorite starseed goddess, Elise 5000. And I go by the name of Elise 5000, but my name is Courtney Jordan, and I am a recording artist and a songwriter. And part of my life's mission is to help raise the frequency of the planet by expanding my own consciousness and raising my own vibration, and then sharing what I've learned on my personal journey with you. I believe there's a shift happening on the planet, and people are waking up and want to know more about the universe themselves and the nature of reality. And I'm here to be part of that process, the great awakening and shift from 3D into 5D consciousness. So today we're going to be talking about BSDM and how knowing your BSDM type can help you get to know yourself better. Yeah. Okay. So if you don't know what BSDM is, it is bondage and discipline, dominance and submission, sadism and masochism. BSDM. Sounds kinky, right? Well, it is. And apparently, I see, I'm, I agree with Freud, right? So Freud believes that personality development in childhood takes place during five psychosexual stages, which are the oral, the anal. I ain't never had no anal phase, let me be clear. But anyway, phallic, latency, and genital stages. So during each stage, sexual energy, aka libido, is expressed in different ways and through different parts of the body. So according to Freud, the concept of sexual drive is a defining element of psychoanalysis. He's got this essay called Three Essays on Theory of Sexuality. 1905, he wrote, The theory of the instincts is the most important, but at the same time, the least complete portion of psychoanalytic theory. The theory of sexuality elaborated by Freud was among the reasons why psychoanalysis met so much resistance, not only from the patients, but also from the scientific community. So in his 1920 preface to the fourth edition of Three Essays on Theory of Sexuality, Freud wrote, it is satisfactory to be able to record the fact that interest in psychoanalytic research remains unimpaired in the world at large. That part of the theory, however, which lies on the frontiers of biology is still faced with undiminished contradiction. Because sexuality is so important in psychoanalytic theory, because the instincts are the most obscure element of psychoanalytical research, because that part of the theory lies on the frontier between the mental and the somatic. And because neuropsychoanalysis endeavors to find the neural underpinnings of psychoanalytic concepts. And so it appears to me that one of the chief tasks of neuropsychoanalysis is to investigate the neural correlates of sexual drives. Okay? Now, what does all this mean? So Sigmund Freud had a really revolutionary method of listening. He would hear patient after patient talk about childhood experiences and otherwise that persist in the unconscious lives of all adults. In everyday life, Freud understood that adults expressed the range of their sexual fantasies as symptoms of emotional disorders and elements of dream in the making of art and in overtly sexual acts. The sexuality of the adult originates in childhood, but like thinking and other human capacities, sexuality is not static. It matures and it develops. Most importantly, though, Freud recognized that enfolding within each developmental stage are feelings and experiences of the past. Now, a lot of Freud's research, I really can't repeat because it is really, really cringe, you know, but it's probably true. Honestly, but uh, you know, so cringe, so very inappropriate, I might add, as far as, you know, 
it's just uncomfortable for me to talk about young people in this way. You know what I mean? But hey, he was doing research and, you know, a lot of people's sexual behaviors that they express in adulthood have something to do with something that happened when they were little. All right. That's basically in a nutshell what it is. All right. So I recently took a BSDM test and it came back more accurate than like a personality test. So check this out. The motto, know thyself, was one of the maxims inscribed on the pediment of the temple of Apollo at Delphi. Y'all know Apollo is my spiritual dad. One of my spiritual daddies. Okay. He, uh, so, you know, I love Apollo. So I'm very interested in whatever he has to say. Some of the maxims are cool. And so, so yeah, on the temple of the Adelphi, know thyself is on one of the maxims inscribed on the the wall, and then there's nothing in excess, right? Um, inviting mankind to exercise moderation in life. And I agree with that. I think balance is key. But the point of talking about know thyself is because BSDM, I took a BSDM quiz and it was, it really helped me to understand myself. Like I was so, I didn't know what I wanted in relationships. Like I didn't know I just didn't know. I was kind of like in this weird limbo place. And after I took my BSDM quiz, I knew who I started to get to know who I was. Because I've had friends tell me, like male friends, they would tell me like, you're like a dominant goddess type person. And I'm like, what does that mean? They're like, well, you know, in BSDM, they always call themselves goddess, you know, the dominant women. And I'm like, really? I had no, I don't know anything about BSDM, but it's like a thing. People do it. You know, there's like these women that are submissive. They call themselves submissives and they like walk around on all fours with a collar on and call their dude master and stuff like that. Like I would never do that. But I remember that when I was pledging the girls in high school for my Capel group, um, Lambda Kappa Mu Capels, Alpha Eta Chapter, my name that I made them call me was Queen Massa. That's psychological. That's part of BSDM dominance. Yes, I made them girls call me Queen Massa. Queen. And I got a song called Queen. This is all before I knew my BSDM type. My my show, my podcast is called Goddess Talks. Goddess. I think I'm a queen. Yeah, yeah. I'm a goddess. I'm a queen. I'm an American dream. Yeah, yeah. I put the bottle on a genie. It jammy. But you thought I was a tame. Uh, I always get what I want. Boom. If I ain't got it, I want it. If I ain't got it, I want it. That's my Stay From Round Me song. Beautiful light. Stay from round me. Uh, Head above the water, you can drown me. Hey, yeah, I'm doing better. But anyway, though the words that I wrote is so like BSDM. Like for real. So me calling, having the girls call me Massa, Queen Massa, is called Master Mistress Archetype. Yes. And actually, when I took the test, I was like 80% master mistress. Like, yes, this I cannot make this up. I literally had these girls calling me Queen Massa. Master mistress, right? Master mistress is a specific kind of dominant. They are more likely to take on a 24-7 relationship with their submissive slave and control all aspects of their submissive's life. There may be exceptions, for example, when the partners are at work. <laughs>
train their slaves and serve them in the way they enjoy. This will include domestic <laughs> and service, oh, as well as sexual and kink aspects of their lives. Some expect their slaves to ask for permission to eat, <laughs> use the bathroom, <laughs> and other mundane acts. <laughs> I'm laughing. Y'all don't know why I'm laughing because <laughs> this is how I was acting with the pledges at school because... They were pledging, and I was being mean. Like, I made one of the girls tie my shoe in front of everyone. I was like, tie my shoe! And um, I got in trouble, you know? I was, I was like, you can't do that. Like, I was like, I can't. Like, what in the world? <laughs> like, I didn't know this about me. Like, I didn't know. And I've, I've had dudes be like, you're, you're controlling. Like, I am. Like, because, bro. So, anyway... Usually, see, I'm done. This is supposed to be pre-agreed and is written down in a formal contract. Okay, and it has to be discussed in advance. I didn't know, like, shit. Maybe I should just be like, look, you know, I'm going to need for you to do X. Like, I don't know. Anyway, there will always be ways for the slave (laughs) to express discomfort (laughs) and to say no and that I want to do something. This is going to be in the form of a safe word. Yes, I have had a safe word. Of course, I was using, I was the one using the safe word because someone, it was like, I guess maybe it was like two dominants trying to be in a relationship. And this, and I made a safe word because, you know, he was getting out of hand and he didn't listen to the safe word at all, which is boundaries. And we will talk about boundaries in one of the next episodes. But at any rate, so yeah, it's supposed to be a safe word and... Even though the relationship seems very one-sided, it is consensual. A master mistress has their slaves' well-being at heart. I do, you know? I do. And will never make them do anything that is unsafe. I won't, you know? Tying my shoe was not unsafe. I didn't have her to, like, drown in the ocean. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So that's what that was. I didn't even know that was a part of my aspect. But when I took my BSDM test... That was on there, like, real heavy, like, 80%. Now, let me let me just say that I got 97% vanilla, which means I'm normal. <laughs> like, I don't do this. What it, let me, the definition of vanilla. So, the term vanilla is a BSDM jargon term, and it derives from the use of vanilla extract. It's the most popular flavoring of the ice cream, and it means plain or conventional. Like, honestly, my favorite position is missionary. So I'm not, like, I'm not, like, a freak like that. Um, But the term is difficult to define with precision as anything can be fetishized, including being vanilla. (laughs) So... The concept of vanilla is to have a distinct lack of desire for deviation from the status quo. So basically, in a nutshell, vanilla sex is a term that refers to what a society considers to be standard, traditional, or normal sex. Okay? That's what I got. I got 97%. That is my dominant thing. Like, I'm just really normal. Okay? So what I noticed about my BSDM test results was that it's not... The results were quite accurate, just like in ways that I move along in the world, right? It's not just sexual. And in fact, I'm a vanilla, so I do regular. But 
there are elements to me, how I interact with others that are completely spot on with my BSDM type. Seriously. Like I like to punish bad males. Like if you've been bad and I tend to seek males that are bad so that I can punish them, you know, and that it's like some kind of thing I like to do, you know, you've been bad and let me tell you about yourself, you know, and males with really dominant mothers that like yelled at them and told them that that kind of maybe verbally abused them a little bit. They are kind of attracted to me like males that, yeah, who got punished by their moms. Like I, I, that's who I attract. But then they end up resenting me for it because, you know, the mommy issues. Like if we could just get this thing balanced. I try to make dudes take this DM test before, like, look, take this test. Let me see, okay, before we even talk. Because if you got certain things, it's going to clash with my thing and it's not going to work. So, might as well just go ahead and take a BSDM test, period. It's better than a personality test. Can I say that I just found out that there are men who pay women to humiliate them and to say mean things to them, which I could do that. Where do I sign up for that? They paying. This one girl I was watching, was this like called Fendom.com or something, website. You can sign up and then become a humiliator. Or whatever. Anyway, this girl, I was watching a video. She ended up saying that this man gave her like $40,000 for her to be mean to him. That was it. Like she just said belittling things and humiliated him. Told him he was not worth anything. You have to be good at it. Like make him really feel it. And um, I can do that though. Like I just, I wonder if I can... I could probably do that, you dig? But I, I, part of me is like an empath too, and I like to uplift people. So, but there's another aspect, the shadow side, you know, because polarity. We live in the realm of polarity, right? Hot, cold, up, down, good, bad. And then you, you try to strive somewhere in the middle, right? Well, I am for the most part in the middle because it said I'm vanilla, right? And we say, what do we say? Nothing in excess. What did Apollo, my daddy, my spiritual daddy? He said, nothing in excess. But part of me wants to uplift. And that's actually some pimping stuff where you uplift, you build, you tear down and build up. That's some kind of manipulate. I don't be trying to manipulate people on purpose. It's just natural. I I prefer to, to build up. But a part of me wants to also, I don't want to do this to people who don't deserve it though, right? So I tend to not date guys that don't deserve it. You feel me? Because that's no fun, (laughs) you know? For example, there was this guy in my DM and he was all up in my DM and then he was trying to meet with me and whatnot. Come to find out he's engaged to be married and I'm like, perfect, this is so perfect because right now I'm about to get in that. Uh, I use that time to just unleash all the negativity that I had inside of me onto him. Yes, I did that. And it was great because he deserved it. Like I was really, really mean. And I was just, you know, talking, I was talking about males that lack integrity and Um, I was sending him articles about how males are, you know, stupid and narcissists and sociopaths and, and, you know, 
and how it's just I'm not even gonna because it's really toxic <laughs> the stuff I said to him but it was true though because he is he does not have integrity I mean why are you in my DM you have a, a girl that thinks that y'all are together for real and you're in my DM trying to take me to Ruby Tuesday <laughs> okay why why would you do that who does that why would you do that that is not cool at all. Like, that is not, it is 2022. You don't fear cause and effect. You don't fear God. That's what God is, fearing God, cause and effect. You know, karma, motherfucker. Like, for reals? Karma of anything. Like, why are you doing this to this girl? What is wrong with you? Are you that, like, mentally, like, are you that pressed? You know? Like, that scared me. That, like, made me so cringe. It scared me to death because it's like, dang, what if my fiance be all up in some girl's DM, which, you know, it's just, it's disturbing. It's just very disturbing. And I hope, I hope that my fiance will not be anything like him. I want my fee. And, and you know what? As a result of that, I was able to come up with a list of things that I want in a guy. And integrity is number one on the list. Because eventually I'm going to not be belittled. I'm not going to be a humiliator of males. I'm not going to do that. I, I want to be normal and healthy. And, um, and, and I do want to, there's a part of me that does want to submit, but like, actually, no, I don't. I don't know. But on the flip side, humiliation type personalities could be part of like submission because they have this thing called a brat who is a submissive who enjoys talking back misbehaving and generally being difficult which I can see that being me so being generally being difficult in order to get attention or to have their needs met that does really sound like me now Brats are people who enjoy being put in their place actually don't put me in my place because no I'm gonna be mad at you I don't know. Do I like being put in my place? Hmm. So anyway, well, it says they like putting, being put in their place rather than submitting easily. And likewise, some dominants enjoy the challenge of getting a brat under control. Additionally, some brats use talking back or phrases such as, is that all you got? Oh, my God. As a way to go, as a way to go their top into heavier play. I just had an epiphany. My, I dated a guy who was actually a submissive brat. I was, oh my God, I was the dominant one. And he was doing this talking back thing and being mean so that I would fucking, ugh, this is crazy. But I'm, I'm only telling you this to see that once you understand your BSDM type, you will understand who you are. You will understand how to act in these relationships. You will know, know thyself. I was a budding dominant and I was fighting it. And when I say all this, I'm not even talking about sex. I'm talking about generally, in general, the personality types and how we interact with each other. Like this is not even like, so don't even look at this as sexual because he wasn't being like even sexual in this time. It's just, it was like just how he operates in general and he, I think he knew that I was like dominant and controlling and he was trying to really bring that out of me but I was like being really weird like 
because I'm I was really fighting this stuff until and so that's why I just really can't stress this enough that the BSDM test will help you to know thyself. Yeah, I mean that's how I feel about it. Um, but why don't you take a test? BSDM test dot. All right. Well, it used to be BSDM org. I don't know. It's not there anymore. But here's my results. I got 97% vanilla, 84% voyeur. Oh, God. 80% dominant, 68% master mistress, 55% owner, 51% submissive. Okay, I'm, ha- I'm like half submissive, y'all. So see, there is hope after all. 43% experience. Experimentalist, 38% switch. A switch means that you like to switch between dominant and submissive. 28% degrade. This is 28, that's like nothing. 23% brat tamer. What I told y'all. I am a brat tamer, yes. 16% degrader, only 16%? Hmm. See, I told you I'm not that sadistic. I do, I don't know about that. That should be higher though. See, I'm a good per- I'm a good person. 15% rigor. 14% slave. See, that's very low. Like there's like no percent basically of me wanting to be a slave. 12% brat. 9% daddy mommy. I don't really when we get down into this, these low percentages, okay, whatever. 5% primal hunter. 5% rope bunny. I don't know what that is. 3% sadist. See, only 3%. I'm only sadistic 3%. Like, that's basically nothing. I'm basically a saint. Like, I'm basically not sadistic at all except for 3%. And then the rest is zero, which is primal. Wait. Yeah, prey, pet, non-monogamist. See, I'm not no cheater, 0%. Masochist. I am not a masochist. 0% masochist, so do not try to harm me. I don't do pain. Like, I think they're talking about physical pain, but I'm associated. This is all mental to me, right? So stop. Get, get your mind out of the gutter. This is mental. This is not physical. I'm not even thinking about none of this as physical, Okay. Um, so as far as all of this, this is just mental. Like, like, so people who do the daddy mommy, I see that as like a, a pimp and a, and a hoe. You know, the, they like daddy, my daddy, you know, and then they give their daddy all the money. And then it's just, that's that pimp and stuff, right? Those, and then the, they're in the, usually the hoes are like super submissive to the pimp or whatever. So, and I'm not, and and I'm only, I mean, I'm 51% submissive, so, but 80% dominant, so, what we gonna do? So, I'm 0% age player, I don't know what that is, 0% exhibitionist, that means don't look at me, (laughs) I'm shy, really, I am shy, like, that is part of my personality in general, I'm very, like, shy, as far as showing myself, my gifts, Singing live. Very shy. All right. 0% boy, girl. I don't know what that is. That sounds crazy. But uh, yeah, so my 
main things are submissive owner, master mistress, dominant, and voyeur. And then I'm mostly vanilla. And vanilla people enjoy regular standard sex and relationship models. Nothing wrong with that as long as you're having fun. Vanillas typically pair up with other vanillas. Exactly. Exactly. Don't come at me with no, uh, no weird, no whips. I don't, don't, you know, don't come at me with no handcuffs unless I'm going to handcuff you, you know, as far as physically. But mentally as well, like, no. Like, really, like, let's take the physical out of this. So Freudian theory talks about this thing called Oedipus complex, the complex of emotions aroused in the young child, typically around the age of four, by an unconscious desire for the parent of the opposite sex and wish to exclude the parent of the same sex. Um, no. No. Mm, No. I don't have this complex. I'm sure other people have it. But I don't think it's sexual, though, because that's weird. I think Freud is just a freak and he's projecting his own freakiness onto other people, but because no. But I have a friend and he said he he would get mad at his dad like if he touched his mom, like he felt like his mom was his girlfriend or something like that. Like he would get mad and he didn't like to see his dad kissing his mom and weird. So, I mean, I don't, I mean, obviously I'm a, I'm a female and I don't have this complex as far as I liked to see my mom and dad hugging and kissing Like, I kind of knew that, like, that's their thing. So I don't got that. But yeah, people be having that. And then there's the Madonna whore complex where basically it's the inability to maintain sexual arousal within a committed loving relationship. And so these are the guys that, like, marry a virgin and then go get a prostitute. Or they marry, like, a vanilla like me. And then they go pay some chick to like spit on them and call them bad names because it's like their secret thing that they don't want their wife to know about. But they don't want to marry their p- desire. They want to marry the nice girl. And there's there's like a whole psychological breakdown of the Madonna whore. And there are, there are like levels to it also. And again, this is Freud. You know, he, he talked about that. He noticed that his male patients, males are complex. I think all this stuff, you know, males, this is really like kind of centered around males and their little complex little minds because I don't have no Madonna whore complex. I just want one husband that I can tell everything to and be the same with. Or do I? Because they're like, this may not be a physical thing. This could be like a psychological thing where I do have a certain type of guy that I would like to be my main. And then I have like friends that I will tell like real stuff to. Nah, but nah, but when I, I would prefer to just have, I would prefer my husband to like know everything. Like I'd want him to be my best friend and I would want. Yeah, I don't have that. I don't have Madonna whore. No, not at all. But then again, I have to really think about this because there's an aspect of myself that, okay, 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 okay. It is like reverse Madonna whore, but I'm going I'm to expand on that later because that is it's kind of crazy. I could possibly have Madonna whore complex, but it, it's in a different way. But back to Madonna Whore, because I know some, I know a lot of people with Madonna Whore. And it's actually, Madonna Whore is um, very confusing to males, and they end up 
very confused. They end up with multiple divorces because they are very confused. And um, the people who are more balanced are the, are the guys that don't have Madonna whore, basically. And I know some guys who don't have Madonna whore. And they're cool. They're living their best life with their nice, freaky, kinky woman that they love. That they put on a pedestal. They put their kinky woman on a pedestal. And they love it and they're happy. And they go to the swingers club with her. There's those that, those type, you know. I know some swingers, by the way. I'm not one, but I can't do that. Because I'm dominant, you feel me? So, yeah. The Madonna whore little situation is... Men who perceive women's nurturance and sexuality as mutually exclusive. And they endorse patriarchy and they have lower relationship satisfaction. Everyone knows this. It's, um, it's really sick, honestly. It's really weird. So these guys are probably Kevin Samuel's followers, okay? Yeah, like they can't separate. They either see you as a whore or a or like a saint. They can't like mix them. Like if you're a whore, then you're not a nurturing person. They just, I don't know. They, but they always are real unhappy people. So according to psych.net, the Madonna whore dichotomy denotes polarized perceptions of women in general as either good, chaste, and pure Madonnas, or as bad, promiscuous, and seductive whores. And it's a, it stems from a desire to reinforce patriarchy. So you know the guys that are always, you know, slut-shaming women and making, talking about, you need to submit, and I want a virgin. Y'all got miles on that thing. And, you know, like, these are the guys with severe Madonna whore issues, and they are severely mentally ill. So they say prior theories focused on unresolved sexual complexes or evolved psychological tendencies. Feminist theory suggests that the W, that the Madonna whore stems from a desire to reinforce patriarchy, right? Um, they surveyed 108 heterosexual Israeli men and revealed a positive association between Madonna whore syndrome endorsement and patriarchy enhancing ideology as assessed by social dominance orientation, which is preference for hierarchical social structures, gender specific system justification, desire to maintain the existing gender system and sexist attitudes. So benevolent and hostile sexism, sexual objectification of women and sexual double, double standards. In addition, Madonna whore syndrome endorsement negatively predicted men's romantic relationship satisfaction. These findings support the feminist notion that patriarchal arrangements have negative implications on the well-being of men as well as women. Specifically, the Madonna whore not only links to attitudes that restrict women's autonomy, but also impairs men's most intimate relationships with women. It impairs, not repairs, it impairs men's most intimate relationships with women. I told y'all that the men with the Madonna whore are just all confused. They're just really a mess. No one wants to date them. And um, they hate women, you know. 
Women are not allowed to be sexual beings, even though they can. In fact, these men are so messed up that they don't even think spiritual laws apply to them. Like, they don't even think that God's law applies to them. Like, thou shalt not fornicate. Thou shalt not, you know, commit adultery. They don't, they don't, that, that only applies to women. You know what I'm saying? Like, the women at the well with Jesus, right? They was, um, I mean, is it the woman at the well or at the well or some woman, right? She had like five husbands, which that meant like she was like prostitute or something. And the men were like, she committing adultery, let's stone her. And the men that was actually committing adultery with her was trying to stone her. And Jesus was like, hold up, nah, hold up. Now, wasn't y'all just with her or whatever? And they was like, so she, see a whore, she needs to be stoned. And I mean, I cannot make this up. I saw a social media situation just like this, where there was a post about a girl that had relations with multiple people at once, and eight people to be exact, and she married one of the um, guys that was in the um, group. <laughs> and they were all like, oh, like she's a whore, and some of the guys in the group. And um, I was thinking, like, my first thought was, they were, like, in the group all together, like, in the nude, taking their turn with her. But why are they condemning her is what I don't understand. Because aren't they, shouldn't they be gross also? Like, I'm saying they were all together, naked, all together. Like, that's worse for them, honestly. So, yeah, so Jesus was like, let he without sin cast the first stone, basically. But these men, yeah, so they're, like, so delusional, like, these men. And um, it has negative implications on the well-being of them, especially and the women that they are around because they abuse them mentally. So it says specifically the Madonna horror complex not only links attitudes that restrict women's autonomy, but also impairs men's most intimate relationships with women. Increased awareness of motives underlying the Madonna horror complex and its physiological costs can help practice professionals couples therapists, as well as general public to foster more satisfying heterosexual relationships. Just let it go. Women are like sexual beings as well. Like, I think that stuff stems around like a religion or some kind of thing with their mama. Yeah, the Madonna whore. It might be like some kind of Oedipus Madonna thing. So yeah, Freud said, where such men love, they have no desire. And where they desire, they cannot love. So, like, basically, they can't love women they sexually desire, and they can't um, sexually desire women that they love. Like, women that they love, they have no sexual desire for. for. That's like some serial killer. Are they like serial killers? That's how some serial killers be acting. But um, the, the theory was like, okay, Madonna Horror concept was... Uh, you know, Freud coined it back in the 1900s and it's only in males and it's sort of relevant to all gender, genders now because of, you know, the new genders that we have. <laughs> like, okay, like I, apparently people, you know, females can be male at this point. So, um, so today, the Madonna whore dichotomy ultimately means that women have to be either pure and virginal or sexual and forthcoming. Can't be both. 
And a woman's sexuality is a sliding scale throughout her life and that the only way we express our desires for sexual pleasure publicly and personally can change over time. However, therapists today are still seeing people with this psychological complex. I've seen it a lot. And it can have a huge impact. These guys are extremely unhappy. They're like, this This Madonna whore is a serious problem, honestly. So particularly in popular cultures with beliefs against sex before marriage, it can only be hard for partners to switch literally over their wedding night from seeing their girlfriend as a pure untouched girl turn into a woman with desires for pleasure that she wants to have met. And people with this psychological complex see a change in personality in their female partner and don't wish to, and sometimes can't. And they degrade her by having sex leading to frustration and anger on both sides of the relationship. Now, this moment was captured well in an episode of Sex in the City between Charlotte and Trey. Following their wedding, Trey is unable to perform as he sees Charlotte as the virginal character who he wed. Um, to switch this perception, Charlotte plays with herself in front of him to show that she's in fact a woman with desires. Um, okay. <laughs> so in motherhood, the dichotomy tends to work in reverse from whore to Madonna. Through the eyes of the complex, a woman may be seen as a sensual being with desires and a hunger for pleasure until she falls pregnant. Oh, Lord. I know some dudes that can't have sex with a pregnant woman, and I know some dudes that will. That I know someone who was engaging in acts with an eight-month pregnant girl that he was not the daddy. He had, like, some kind of fetish. Ugh, I just... I mean, I'm not judging. I'm not judging. Hey, whatever. You know, but uh, but uh, yeah, I do know people who can't guys who couldn't touch their wives when they were pregnant. So, OK, the Madonna whore complex can be particularly prevalent when a baby is born naturally through the birth canal. Prior to her giving birth, partner may have seen the woman's vulva as something to be desired, a place to play and enjoy for themselves. And then after giving birth, this view can change and become purer as their partner's vulva becomes a thing that gives life something related to their child, and then they can't do it with them. <laughs> yeah, I could see that. So again, conversations about this um, before the fact can help to normalize it within your own relationship to ensure sensuality remains alive after giving birth. Women are not to be put into a box, either as saintly virgins, Madonnas, or easy prostitutes horse, you know? Stop it. This is crazy to me. The level of our female sensuality should be allowed to be fluid and not at all dependent on the opinion of others. So, if your partner is having trouble adjusting their perception of you in the bedroom, you know, take them to therapy or have an honest conversation about it. I don't know. I just think that these guys are need to go see therapy, like need to go see a therapist because this patriarchal shaming of women for being human beings for, like I dated this one guy who said, who didn't want to think of me having to use the bathroom. And he said, I should always smell like a flower and I should never want to go to the bathroom. He never wants to know that I ever have to poo or pee. He had, he was crazy. Like, I can't deal with this type stuff. Like, y'all, that's OCD or something like that. Like, women are human. Women have periods. Women poop. Like, what in the world? It's just, ugh. 
Just so cringe. Anyway, anyways, you guys need to check out my song Queen. And basically all my songs are kind of like written from a perspective of like a dominant goddess. But my song Queen remix, which is featuring Ave Brow. <sighs> Guitaring, so lit. Um, but yeah, my record Queen, my record Plug, my record Stay From Round Me. Even my record This Time, I got a record called This Time, and it's about me mentally abusing a guy. It's actually quite hilarious because um, I know my friend was listening to it, and she was like, she told me she just was laughing so hard because <laughs> one of the first lines is like, you know what I was thinking? Don't have no other reason to be saying that crazy shit I was saying to you. <laughs> Right? <laughs> like, and so, and also my song Beautiful Life, I wrote that um, after I was getting, you know, going through a breakup. And it's kind of like a dominant because I'd be like, yeah, yeah, I'm a goddess, I'm a queen. I'm an American dream. So, like, oh, how I start, I say, oh, you ain't got to worry about me, my uh, I can depend on nobody. I gotta be strong. Oh, I ain't trying to let a nigga say me, say me. I could do it, yeah. I'm amazing, amazing. Make him bow down, say amen. And that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I'm a goddess, I'm a queen. I'm an American dream. Yeah, yeah, I put the bottle on the genie. It's just me, but you thought it was a tame. I always get what I want. Boom. If I ain't got it, I ain't want it. If I ain't got it, I You should really check it out. And yeah, those songs, those are the songs that kind of, you know, embody that goddess energy that make up who I am. So, yeah. Queens are not, you know, gullible, uh, credulous little women that a man can say anything to and 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 she believes it and accepts it. Chasing me like Morgan And I got niggas raining like it's storming Hallelujah. I got niggas in training De La Jolla Cause I'm gorgeous I'm gorgeous yeah. And I got niggas feeling like the 90s And I got niggas looking they can't find me And I got niggas dreaming like ML King that's why they call me queen. Obsessed over my sin 
that these other girls is boring They be texting first thing in the morning They text good morning, but I ignore it They treat me like a shield from the That is me, Elise 5000, Queen Remix, featuring guitarist Ave Brow. And that is produced by Marcus Mills, super producer. I'm done. With that, I appreciate you guys for listening. If you haven't subscribed yet to the podcast, please do so so you can be updated when I post new episodes. I got a lot of cool stuff coming. I'm super excited. Check me out on YouTube. Um, and with that, as always, peace and love. Yeah, I'm driving slow in the fast lane. Chop a screw, pop a coating. I got